Hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So you're hearing this during my birthday month in May, and as everybody knows, I celebrate every 31 days that May has to offer. And I am teeing up so many good talks. And today, no exception. I love this world of podcasting and how we can connect with people not only all over the country, which we do in different time zones, but today all over the world. And coming to us from Amsterdam, we are speaking with Julie Perkins. So a few things of why I wanted to talk with her. We think we have problems. We think we have business problems or perhaps some curveballs that life might have thrown you. Well, guess what? Julie's no exception. She's lived with them. She's definitely learned how to look forward and survive. Starting with, as a lot of us have in the house, so it doesn't matter where you start. And in some cases, in this wonderful world, I'll say of podcasting, or even wherever your laptop happens to be on your lap, it can be a small closet. I'm fortunate, finally, for the first time in my life, that I have a spare room, the annex room, or what we refer to as the room formerly known as Greg's. But Julie, she started a business from the inside of, I want to say, I don't even want to say side hustle because it's a business. And even though you start at home, she's landed on the world stages, survived some cancer. So, okay, there's a little curveball there. Gotcha. But that didn't stop her, which I want to hear more about. Love, love. And also, I know, and it's almost like in order to qualify to talk here, you have to be an author because I love authors. I love stories that go on and on and shared. And she has written a book called The Wise Way, and I'm spelling wise, W-Y-S-E. Also a fellow podcast host. So we're going to hear about that and a ton more. So with that, I say welcome, welcome. Thank you, Julie, for being here. Thank you for such a warm introduction. You have painted the recipe of Julie Perkins better than I could have done. So, thanks oh, okay. <laughs> so now let's fill in that list. That let's go uh, with a little shopping list and tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. I come from a sort of very high-paced entrepreneurial family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that being the starting point of my life, 
and having a complete drive for trying to discover what can be done better. I've always been like that all of my life. I think that's a huge part of me. And then speckled with, I'll start with the word failure, but when you come from an entrepreneurial family, it's never referred to as failure. It's trials, which I think is a very healthy way of looking at it. As you mentioned, we'll throw in the uh, the cancer and, yeah, and throw it journey. in a little, a Absolutely. little, a little <laughs> sprinkle here and there, just to be like, oh, that's right, <laughs> not so fast, but it right. will come back exactly. Yeah. So I think that sort of recipe of drive and curiosity, I think, really does make up me fifty four, and you know, I'd like to say that I've never felt as fit and well as I do. On this day. In terms of my 50s, having that energy is just a blessing. It really is. So through that journey, and there's very few people in life, I think, that can say that I look back, I wouldn't actually change a thing. Mm -hmm. Not about my career or anything like that. I think right. I'm very blessed in that way. Right. It is interesting that you say that. First of all, my 50s were the greatest time. Um, birthday month, 62, although I did, I started the year not even knowing how, how old I was. That's, that's always a good sign. But my fifties were so much fun. And I don't know if you just wake up with the fuck it attitude of like, been there, done it. We're going to be okay and not get so involved in the minutiae. There was, wonderful, great things that happened to me in my 50s. There was a sprinkling of some long-term friendships with girlfriends that kind of dissipated that after. Like, it was interesting how that played out. And I was like, huh, okay. Mm -hmm. So just because you have so much time of knowing someone, and I'll say of being friends, air quote, sometimes time doesn't solve all when no. you really sit back and look and be like, I don't know, you yeah, know, I, is it serving me? I think you're so right on the 50s. And I think you've got so much of your life behind you. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking, when you're going through that big change, like whether it be cancer, whether it's change of job or whatever, mm -hmm. I think you've got the wiseness to actually reflect in a very broad way. And I think that has been such an amazing part of the cancer journey for me, even right. though in terms of the reflection started a little bit before then. But I think in our 50s, with our experience, we understand what to just let go and mm -hmm. what to appreciate mm -hmm. as part of a journey rather than, oh my goodness, you know, that bit and all Correct. the stuff. We look at it in different ways. And I think that also probably has effects on not on your health in an everyday standpoint. Forget when you're dealing with calling in your mindset to be like, all right, I ain't got time for this. Yeah. And whatever I got to yeah. do, show me the roadmap. Let's go. Give me the checkered flag, ring the bell. Yeah. I'm good. And as I was listening to you as the entrepreneur, we have these titles that I still think in the short dialogue with you, did, never defined you. No, that's right. And and I try and that those journeys, those milestones in life, mm -hmm. I try and support with those stories to entrepreneurs. So I work with young female entrepreneurs who are trying to grow their business, but a bit, bit stuck. And I talk about these journeys because the more that we can prepare ourselves in the presence of now, how inevitable 
whatever form that is in, the more agile that we can become. And I think that was a big sort of thing I learned through cancer. I actually learned from Macmillan nurses, amazing. Uh-huh. And I'd gone back into hospital after the second chemo uh, through pain. And of course they treated me. And then she said uh-huh. to me, she said, I bet you wish you'd eaten burgers your entire life and not lived this fit and healthy. And I went, to be quite honest at this mind, uh, moment, I do. And she said, but this is the time that you learn that what you thought you were in control of doesn't exist. Mm. And you can only prepare yourself as well as you can for this moment in order to be able to face anything that's thrown at you, of which cancer was one. But I sort of, in terms of for female business owners as well, we work quite a lot on that because when you know who you are today, I know it sort of sounds like, and you're actually as present as you can be. Mm-hmm. You accept that control is never, I think never in the equation. Yeah, that's right. So it's so interesting. And I can only speak from the females and the different coaches that I've spoken to on this platform and the side hustle entrepreneur I've always been through my career as well. As women, we play small. Let's not bring too much attention to ourselves. I think we're all gold medal winners of the imposter syndrome, for sure. And again, do you want to be the one with the tiara and the sash walking down the runway? Shit, yeah, I do. That's why, you know, that's why we do this. But it takes so much. And you you couldn't have given me the sort of better introduction for knowing that, you know, Working with female entrepreneurs, they come to me, they're like, right, what am I doing? What's my advertising? I said, okay, for the first sessions, we're going to do nothing other than growth begins with you. And I said, you know, look at it like a diamond ring where this sort of diamond is this gift that you've got to get. You've got to understand how you support that gift into life first. And when you know who you are, it gives you that power to put the essence of you into your business. And what we do as female entrepreneurs is we tend to build ourselves into our business. And Mm -hmm. what I try and do for the first couple of sessions, just try and separate out the two so that they understand who they are, of which a business is a part of it. And it's so, so important. And again, once we can do that, we actually can give ourselves that this very valuable space between us and our businesses to separate out. And then you can use the full force of you. But if you're kind of building caves around yourself, right, and no one can right. get in other than people. It's, it's a challenge. You must see yeah. that all the time. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. I do. And, and as you're speaking that, some of the other guests I've had on the show who have built a business, something happened, they lose everything, they rise from the ashes, they do something different. And they probably were able to do that because they had themselves, their belief system. And it just makes so much sense. I just got that visual when you said that is they could go on to create anything just as Mm -hmm. you have a business, you wrote a book, you do a podcast, like you can do it all if you want. It's a lot for some. Or, you know, people are very content with this is here's I'll stay in my lane. This is good. Let's not, you know, I don't need to carry all 28 bags of groceries in in one trip, all of that, you know, that 
the challenge that we always <laughs> do to ourselves. I don't know. At least I do. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing, in, but I see it in myself. <laughs> exactly. But it's so true that when you take yourself out of the equation to really just begin with yourself, then you can really do anything. And I would think adapt to anything. I think it's easier also to, when you actually are really defined your values and what the gift is you've got, it's easier to be present. When I did it, I I learned the hard way. As I said, Mm. right in my introduction, I said, you know, a lot of my life was not failure, but in terms of trials. And I surrounded myself when I was opening up the family business in Northern Europe with amazing people. And the brand was brand was really growing, but there was something like it was chugging a little. And I mm-hmm. sat in the garden, in the house where I am now, at 3 a.m. in the morning. And I was just like I was hands to the universe. What more can I do? And this was mm. the, the original story. And um, two very loyal team members said, are you still doing what you love? Because if you mm. don't love what you do. And I think that was the beginning of the story about knowing who you are and separating yourself, separate yourself from the everyday situation, because without realizing you can build that cave. And so now in terms of, I say, growth is a series of waves, make yourself constantly redundant back in, just so that you know that you've always got that space. Because when I sort of analyzed it, I thought 80% of my day, I'm actually doing stuff that's not actually within my skill set, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just mm-hmm. control. And once we can do that, it, of course, it's easier said or done. I didn't wake up the next day and go, right, that's it. Done. Oh, okay. Here's the journey. answer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let me but, do uh, this. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think that's so important for the entrepreneurs that I work with, or well, for all entrepreneurs, is to constantly understand where you are in your business. Are you in it? What role are you doing? And what's that space? And we do tend to translate ourselves right in the middle, especially in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with, they've not worked in corporate situations at all. So it's all very new. So we're holding on to everything. Right. This is the beautiful journey. And I think such an important one in order to get through that no man's land. When you're starting your business, it's forming and survival and you're having to do everything yourself. It's actually your first sort of experience of redundancy mm-hmm, <laughs> can you make yourself mm-hmm. redundant and how do you reposition yourself onto a different wave right and um I think that is one of the most enjoyable parts of what I do it's just their face and they kind of go oh yeah that, that makes complete sense and it's like a penny dropping in a good way so the book and the book title the book spelling the wise way Congratulations. Uh, I I think everyone's got a book in them. And I don't think it's any coincidence that I tend to talk to a lot of authors and I kind of pepper like, so what's the process? Do you just wake up one day and say, today's the day. Let me just open that Google Doc and come up with uh, an outline or something. But first, the title. Talk to me about that. Well, The Wise Way. So obviously my company's Wise Minds because um, there's a collection of us Okay. And actually, it was a young person that, strangely, when I was waiting for my diagnosis, cancer, I thought I would need something to take my mind off stuff. So Mm. I am terrible at writing. So I joined a writing course because I thought I'll throw myself into something that I'm terrible at. 
because then I've got no room to think. I've got to really concentrate on what the teacher's saying. Very smart. I like that way of yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we were talking about the company was for digital, right, for a website. And I was in my 50s. Everyone else there was very, very young. And one of the young people turned around to me and went, yeah, if you call it wise with an I, you sound old and fuddy-duddy like an owl, like you're <laughs> wise. And I went, oh, I was quite insulted at first when I went, oh, right. And uh, she said, why don't you just change it with a Y? And I just thought, so true. She said it makes you much more young. <laughs> I obviously laughed myself. So that was the wise way. And, and really, that. one of the big challenges that I get when people come to me is that everyone thinks their problem is unique. So I say your business and yourself, you are very unique, but the way companies grow is not. So actually, one of the comforting things for entrepreneurs is when someone says to you, you're in exactly the right place and this is not your fault. And they go, oh, right. So the reason why I'm sort of like feeling so much, it's not your fault because companies grow in a particular way. And the reason why you feel stressed at the moment is your company is trying to knock you and wake you up or trying to mm-hmm. get onto the next mm-hmm. wave and you're holding on to the other mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'm going to write my book on that so that it's a very short one, but it's just mm-hmm. based on an entrepreneur called Sophia, because in some ways in the early stages, everyone's Sophia. And when you realize that you're not alone, even if it's a fictional character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's comfort in that, right? So that's how I started. Love that. And, and you know what? Life is about validation. I mean, we go through, it's so interesting that we do go through this life thinking we are the only ones. We're the only ones on this boat. Like nobody has ever gone through this, felt this way. You don't even know what I'm going through. That's right. Try me. Maybe I do. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so true. And I think because, you know, we start businesses, a lot of um, the entrepreneurs I work with, and I'm sure a lot of the entrepreneurs that are listening now you're starting because you, you've got this passion to change something for the better. And there's such a want. And that energy is enough right at the beginning to start your business. But then as you grow and more people come, whether they're customers, whether your team, something's got to change. And I think if we can just solve with female entrepreneurs where we have this very early maturity in a lot of the businesses, that's all I wish to do. And I just say, do the following five little things just at that point. Because mm-hmm. that means that more, hopefully more good ideas are out there in the community. You know, we've got a longer runway of business growth because on the whole, women choose products and services that are more service care orientated mm-hmm. in there. And I don't want to put a hole in the block, but generally a lot of sustainable companies, recycling companies that I work with, uh, education, big ones. And sometimes it has a longer runway. So if we can just stop it going into early maturity, even if those short little things to do that make sure that it doesn't do that and go into an early maturity and it has a right to be out there. And I think there's plenty of amazing people out there that grow them, venture capitalists, whatever, investment, who grow them out there. But who grabs them before they get to knock on that door? What happens if we're losing amazing ideas for that? Right. That don't have the numbers to even get in the elevator to go up to the top floor to pitch. I mean, it's what I'm hearing is, and it really makes sense. But and we live in this time of instant gratification, Mm. immediate, 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 immediate. And you referred to and indicated a runway. 
So this isn't a helicopter that's just leaving the ground and is immediately airborne. Obviously, it's a journey. And I wonder, I'm curious, do most entrepreneurs, when you see them, when they come to you, are they rookies? Are they in their maybe first uh, bout of what the hell is going on here? Who do you get? I get those that are probably on the verge of falling out with their business. Mm. They suddenly kind of say, what what, the thing I love, why don't I like it anymore? Why do Mm. I resent having it in my life? But all it is, is the business just poking Mm -hmm. them to something's got to change. But it's normally around that. That's why it's it's not a quick fix. I don't think that's the right expression. It's just about adjustments and Mm -hmm. actually accepting going on the instant gratification that when we read the headlines, she made 76 million by, you know, mm-hmm. blinking an eye. It's the headline. And actually her journey or his journey mm-hmm. would be very, very similar to what you're going through. And they go, oh, right. They yeah. haven't written that in a seven day course. True that. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing, and it makes so much sense because some entrepreneurs, they might be solos at the beginning. Mm. But again, flip side of this day and age of instant gratification, we also live in this day and age of the gig of the freelancer, where you could probably get some uh, help and Mm. outsource a few things that when when I'm like, that is not my strong point at all, certainly not my superpower. Don't ever let me do anything like digital or, you know, like, Mm. mm -mm. you know, save that to the experts that are out there and that mm. can do it in a quarter of the time it takes me. So that's a good thing about this day and age that we live, but you also have to be, I want to say confident and clear. Yeah. And that's why I always spend time with the entrepreneurs sort of saying, this is you, these are your values. How do you translate them into your company? And what's the customer journey and where do you place yourself on that? And then step by step, you understand going through what to give up. And um, I'm fascinated by Mount Everest in life. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love watching Mm -hmm. the stories, the pictures. And I would say that there's four camps before you summit. And what happens is if you don't constantly evolve yourself from camp to camp, learn how to take people with you, learn to experience how you'll climb together, you'll get to camp four. And you're trying to get to the summit. And what happens is what they do is they just watch a lot of people walk past them, whether it's fellow entrepreneurs, they're going faster than me. They're starting to go summiting Mm -hmm. and they're watching it. I said, because you're too heavy to join the summit. Mm. And so we spend quite a lot of Marie Kondo. We kind of say what no Mm -hmm. longer serves. And Mm -hmm. that can be people. You said at the beginning, friends in your Mm fifties, but it can Mm -hmm. be also team members, Yeah, you know, people that, took you there and I learned that from big entrepreneurial family mm-hmm. aren't always going to be the people that are going to travel that you finish with, with. correct That's right yeah. so growing businesses should be joyful and it's simpler than you think but it's complexity comes from obviously trapping ourselves in but also the joy comes from saying goodbye to things and leaving a greater space like Marie Kondo does with our wardrobes you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's that it's exactly the same with businesses and then you've got space to travel with the tools you need to summit and to sum- and summit. 
And um, I think the loyalty that some entrepreneurs have towards teams or things they've done in the past, it's how we nurture it. I don't know. Is it harder for us to say goodbye? I don't know. And you can say mm-hmm. goodbye in mm-hmm. terms of respectful ways to services, to people, to ways we do it so that you're traveling with the lean up to the top mm. and not all the history. That is key. I mean, and again, not just in business, because so many people get comfortable. You know, so many people have closets full of seasons of different sizes of clothes. Yes, Marie, come on in and help us. But (laughs) it's so true because it holds memories. It holds so many reactions to that. But then it also, flip side, holds them back. It takes up that room. And like anything, like personal relationships, people come into your life, as they say, for a reason and for the season. And just because you meet someone, just because you get along with someone, doesn't mean they need to stay around forever. They don't. That's what we learn in our 50s. It's the broad people that you gather because you, once you understand where you're going, you know who to seek to come and support or be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's brought in another wave of people in my life, you know, that I wouldn't have necessarily met beforehand. And I think that's what makes it interesting. That's what keeps it interesting to people, uh, for sure. When you make a conscious decision Mm. for whatever the next step is, it could be, all right, I'm going to really pack it up. I'm going to use my nooks and crannies of extra time and not sit in Netflix and chill where, you know, I'm going to finish my courses. I'm going to be able to bring my product to market in, you know, eight, nine, 10 months. When you decide the universe conspires with you for you. And I'm one, I'm curious if, if you've had, it sounds like you've had those types of results as well. I, I must admit, I agree with you. I mean, I always say to entrepreneurs and also to myself, once you're clear about who you are and what you're going to do, you tend to magnetize people towards it. So right. the debate is always, is it from the universe, et cetera, et cetera, or is it because you place yourself in that mode of opportunity, you're seeking what you want to do, mm-hmm. but it's clear for people to be a part of it. And I think when um, entrepreneurs first come with me, they say, how do you sell yourself? What do you do? And it normally goes on for quite some time. And the whole objective is it's two sentences, not because you've got to sell yourself at every network. It's because that's what you ooze. That makes you curious to other people. It makes yes. that, oh, right. You don't yeah. have to give everybody the sort of war and peace. So what do you do? You kind of say, mm-hmm. oh, well, for me, I make growing businesses uh, simpler for female entrepreneurs. Or as I said, with mm-hmm. Agnes, keeping her mm-hmm. clothes in play. Everyone goes, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds interesting. And mm-hmm. I always say, pretend you're at a bar talking to a friend and that friend asks you what your company stands yeah. for. You're not going to bore your friend. Who's just, you, you want them at least to stay to the second drink, right? So you start to adapt a more mm-hmm. natural way of right. communicating what you do. And that clarity, I think, puts it out there. I do think there's a mm-hmm. magnetizing towards it. Mm-hmm. But I also think that generally people, the clearer you are with what you're looking for, you talk with more confidence, you talk with greater clarity, and you come from your own inner voice 
which makes you sound a lot more authentic and natural rather than um, imitating myself. I grow, mm-hmm. you know, lots of female entrepreneurs and I'm growing for this and I'm growing for this. <laughs> rather than I just say it in one sentence, you know, it's like. Yeah, authentic. correct. And you're talking because you're talking and then answering the questions and this is what I do and it just rolls right off and you're not reciting your mission statement. That's right. You want to be curious. You're going to want, you know, you don't want people sort of walk around a networking event voiding. You want to be sort of like, oh, I'm glad I found you again because mm-hmm. what you said all was mm-hmm. curious for me rather mm-hmm. than, oh my gosh, I know everything now since she was age seven. I'm exaggerating to make the point. But I think we should talk with shorter sentences and greater curiosity. And I think that is what brings people in towards the next step. Don't want to be getting married on the first date. Well, just have coffee. Just have yes. coffee. Just have go coffee. home in separate cars. Always yeah. important. <laughs> Keep it safe. So, Keep it safe. <laughs> so, how does I mean? Let's stay with the curiosity. If I, you know, if I have an idea, I think it's going to work. I'd love to do this or do that. But then what exercises or what questions do I ask myself or would you poise to me to get clear? Because I'm sure in order to get that little two sentence delivery, which might have started on at least one page with a lot of editing. Oh, yeah. But I was to say. Some are very simple if you're not quite sure, because, you know, a lot of people do a lot of things. But I just mm-hmm. say very, very simply, try and look towards the wall in front of you and ask yourself, what are you trying to change for the better? Mm. What are you doing that makes a greater change? Even if they just for a couple of weeks, just think about that one vision statement. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about, you know, entrepreneurs go, what, what's the CEO? What, what do they I say? Don't worry about that. Just understand what you do. What are you trying to do that's different? Because that helps with two things. One, clarity. And secondly, it starts to address the imposter syndrome that we have. Because what we can do then is to map ourselves into that vision. Just give it the essence of. So mm. it doesn't matter what your product and services is. No one's ever going to do it like you do. So, yeah, there could be other consultant companies out there. There could be other vendors. Of course there is. But no one ever will do wise minds like we do. No one will ever do it like we do, for example. Mm-hmm. And if you just kind of work on that vision statement, what's the thing that you're going to change? Now, I learned that from my mother. She's entrepreneurial. That was what she was going to change in the optics industry. And she always said to me, stick to the knitting. And what she means is not to do the same thing, because, of course, life changes, but to really understand that core change you want to make. Mm. And, and she's never, even though the product and everything's mm-hmm. changed and evolved, mm-hmm. her intention of change has never changed. Now she's coming to 80 and she'll still, she can recite verbatim that very first lesson that she wrote to herself. And I've loved that. And I give all the entrepreneurs that I interviewed her on my site. And I said, but, you know, you were in a very male orientated mm-hmm. industry. And I said, what made you keep going? She said, because I knew I was right And she doesn't say it in an arrogant way. She Mm -hmm. says it in a way that comes from her very, very soul, her vision statement. Her passion, right. Her her passion. She puts that passion into something that other people can share. And Mm -hmm. that, to me, is the very beginning. If you're out there at the moment listening 
and you're kind of feeling overwhelmed by your business, or as I said, you might be beginning to annoy you, mm-hmm. just sit for one week and just have a look at what, what am I trying to change? And how do I use my values and how I, the lens through which I see life in making that happen? Don't worry about all the corporate stuff. Don't let it burden you. Just very simply touch with the vision and say, how am I making that change? And sometimes just from that very small exercise, it's like you're shaking the, mm-hmm. you're shaking that tree and what mm-hmm. is not needed, what stresses you comes away just for that statement. That would be my greatest advice. If you're kind of going, oh my gosh, why have I ever started this? It's a beautiful way of just beginning that sort of clarity journey, which I think is very helpful. The ability to get quiet. It's it's such an easy thing that so many people overlook because of this hustle and bustle world that we live in. And if we're not moving, we're not living. But yet so much comes in the quiet. But it's yet also so uncomfortable for people because they're not used to, oh, what do you mean? It's just me. No, it's just me. No, no music. No, no distraction. No, no. Yeah, just you. Maybe you'll hear the birds singing right now or, uh, you know, a truck passing, but it is just you. Yeah. In fact, one of the things I always introduce entrepreneurs to is uh, back to paper and pen. Uh, (laughs) Isn't it the magic of? It truly, truly (laughs) is. Now, did you write your book on paper or in computer? Oh, you wrote it. Oh, okay. If I go down, if I look at the archives... Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got reams of these books. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I'm a writer totally with pencil. Always have been, always been a drawer, always in meetings. But I find it's like a contract. It's something that that head that typing will never right. give me. And You're absolutely I, right. I, for me, it really, right. it really is enjoyable to rub to my, you know, I love paper and pen. Um, a lot of creatives. So I don't know if you're familiar with Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, but yeah. on his documentary, he talked about how he uses a yellow legal pad to write all of his jokes. And he has yeah. every one and they like lined a street that went for a couple of miles of all of his work. And that's from the creative standpoint, it's the connection. It's definitely the connection. I, I'm a massive fan of Julia Cameron. I love that. You know, that Daily whole pages. commitment to, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. It, I enjoy morning pages and yeah. um, journey morning pages. I enjoy mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. it very much works. And I like that creative side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always look at creative as in you're drawing on uh, and stuff like this, but writing and creating in businesses yeah. is very important to be able to do because for that first period of your life you're often the sort of king and queen of your own castle so in a way you've got to have the output and mm-hmm. to to leave space for the next ideas and you write leave space got it right and then through that journey you're starting to create something I, I i used it a lot during cancer as well i wrote it was a personal book it was called waiting for august and it's all about the journey of trying to stay present during cancer because you're so yearning for it to be over. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I, what am I going to do? Sort of wait for a, for a journey in six months' time? You know, mm-hmm. how am I going to bring myself present every day 
in order to have a, an amazing, not amazing is the wrong word, six months journey. Otherwise, I'm just sat there going, August yet, August yet. When yeah, yeah. And not that it, there's the le- there's a lot that goes on. Uh, yeah. Like not have not walked in your shoes, but mm. it's a time for a lot of reflection, I'm sure. And that's where it's like you yourself. And then when August comes, the new and improved Julie, okay, yes. here she is, you know, throw on the neon <laughs> lights because she's back. And yeah, you look at that next path down very differently, I'm sure. Yeah, very differently. You've, you know, that whole sort of journey, but and not waiting, not wishing for the future, which you wouldn't mm-hmm. do in normal life, especially right. going for businesses. You know, mm-hmm. don't hurry the process. You'd be enjoying it day by right. day as you build it. And it's a very good lesson for everything, even when, of course, yeah. we want August to be sure. there. Of Absolutely. When you have it in sight. So again, I keep hearing your common thread, and then I want to get onto the podcast. But your common thread is just to always leave room. You know, you have your ideas, you might jumpstart them, that's great. But then if you always leave room for expansion, think about like, if you're even, I don't even know why I'm thinking of like, you know, I don't even can vegetables, but or sauces, but if you did, you always leave room for in the jar for expansion. So you're always leaving room. Yes. Each and every step. Absolutely. You know, because that's the room for the curiosity. Mm. That's the room for understanding once you've completed that, is it going to stay? Is it going to go? How are you going to evolve it through? And I wrote with a behavioral scientist and a financial consultant, this growth evaluation that actually says you've got to constantly leave room to keep things aligned, keep it moving. And as long as the world is turning and changing, which we very much know it is, um, Mm -hmm. then your customer is as well. And it's never been as agile, as quick moving as it is today. So you need to leave that space. This is what I mean from don't be growing your business around you because Mm -hmm. you'll forget what it's like to look for that next opportunity. It doesn't have to be complete reinventions, but little making sure that you stay relevant. And what really helps with that is knowing who you are and separating yourself out so that you're always looking at things in a more positive way because you've got space to. Yeah, either that or then you don't have any or maybe have it by accident. And then when it's over, don't realize you had it. Yeah, definitely. If you want to stay present, you've got to leave that room as well, just as beautifully as you've just said, really. Because Mm -hmm. if you're staying present with this complete box, then how do you move yourself agile into the future? How do you evolve your business, yourself, your team, et cetera, if every day is very rigid? And that's about leaving that space Mm. and constantly asking what no longer serves. And I think that's the big reason why I've started putting my course online because it it needs to be accessible for people. And also going back to the small book from Mm -hmm. cancer, by actually writing in terms of the present every day, you leave that space to reflect. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're literally day by day being thrown through it. And having that small reflection time says, what have I learned terms of journaling was a huge thing during it but I also kept a photo diary which very strangely I look back on 
with fond memories. Go, oh my gosh, I remember when I walked on the beach, and you know, her, mm-hmm, her, mm-hmm. and this this that visual mm-hmm. of that journey. There's a pride in that for sure, and mm. and leaving that space to look at cancer or look at it as something else other than what you're faced with on a daily basis, I think plays a key role for sure. Mm. I love 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 that. So podcast. Tell me about it. Oh, in terms of the podcast. Well, I've actually started doing it in terms of from my book. Okay. So I'm only beginning it now. So I'm very so, new to the whole thing. That's and, fine. That's uh, good. So I thought, because I was trying to think of a way this, this book accompanies the mm-hmm. course. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to get an entrepreneur, the entrepreneurs I work with, to choose the chapter of Sophia, the way that it affected them and what they learned from that so that you have an entrepreneur talking through Sophia and promoting it. Because I think that message comes better from the people who have journeyed with it or can discover themselves. Because at the end of the day, it's the book that follows Sophia's journey and her frustrations about what went wrong with the book. I thought, what a beautiful way of communicating Mm -hmm. what it is. Because you know, the book comes with the course. The book's not like or, or Amazon's right. thing, but it's such a beautiful way of getting entrepreneurs to link in with each other, to talk the same language, which they do in their different ways, but they, mm-hmm. they kind of go on the same journey. And then choosing the chapter that's the most, like this is what I learned the most, and talking about Sophia, because every story, if they can teach somebody else through storytelling, through that, that's going to be the biggest tick to keep great ideas alive in our communities. Because I will say, it's not all about the Spanx. Great businesses, local community are mm-hmm. also very important. Your local town, your country, mm-hmm. it doesn't all have to be global. It's just in terms of how do you make the change that you want to see in your community, whatever your community is. So I'm going to start, of course, I'm, it's not as great as your this podcast, but I'm going to start just getting entrepreneurs Mm-hmm. to tell their story via Sophia and to talk about what it was like from their own words rather than, you know, because I do quite a lot of writing of their stories. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. nothing better than hearing the story from the horse's mouth. Like an audible so, read by the author, I know. That's I, right. I love, I love that for sure. So that's well, going to sort of That's a great idea. Love, love. That's yeah. a great idea. And it's really going to bring that extra piece of... Here's what I took. Here's how it affected me. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to do a little bit of that. Okay. Uh, coming on, because what my whole wish for and is that everybody's business can stay. If it's a good idea, let's try and do whatever we can to keep them as viable as possible. And I would sort of hate to think that a business closed or something like that, because a couple of simple things. Just, you know, not everyone wants to be these huge businesses, but just a couple of certain things going, look at it like this. A little tweak. Take yourself out of your business, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes that's enough for people. Mm. And if they can find that just because, say, Lavisa or Agnes, some of the entrepreneurs that I work with, Mm -hmm. talk about their story in only their words, I think uh, it will bring. What I hope you'll find, what I found that was a, a wonderful surprise and I certainly didn't think about any of it along the way. I didn't, as I said, you know, I was happy that I did one that I was able to say, okay, I have a podcast out there, not really thinking past that. And then I'm like, oh, every week. Okay. You know that. And here we are. But what's really fun 
is when you get either a little note, a text, a review from somebody that says whatever they heard that day really resonated with them and they needed to hear it at that time. And if you really think about most cases, you've recorded it, in my case, weeks prior, maybe they heard it from last year. It's just so cool to have the opportunity of the recording out there for the people to hear it at the right time. Yeah. You know, just by listening to your podcast and stuff over the last couple of weeks, you know, I can remember about the portrait, the photo, little things like that, how, and it's small things. You go, oh my gosh, that's so obvious. Why, you know, why would we not take the photo that way? You know, so it really is very (laughs) useful. (laughs) It's, I'm telling you, I'm, I hope you have as much fun as I do. You know, you get to talk to people, obviously from, all over the world that I certainly would never have even made the connection with. And then just to, you know, learn about all of their offerings, their journeys. And in a lot of cases, you know, some of my guests I've had back and just like, let's catch up where you've been. And that's the fun part about it. Yeah, it does sound fun. And um, it's so lovely. I, just like this conversation that we've had, mm-hmm. how important it just naturally flows. I, I feel that if I was in New York, we'd kind of go, well, go for a walk or just grab <laughs> Absolutely. a quick coffee. Okay. I'm, quite, well, I'm quite annoyed I'm so far away from you now, Stephanie. <laughs> well, next time you're flying through or if I <laughs> yeah. find myself there, believe me, we'll look each other up for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right. So this has been such a pleasure. I thank oh, you. Thank fun. you. Um, where can we find you? Where do you hang out on social media? Well, social media is on Instagram, Wise Minds, Mm -hmm. and also on LinkedIn, Wise Minds in there, as well as in there, you can fill out the growth evaluation. You can, I mean, there's no charge for it. It's completely free. Um, You can fill out that. You can read some of our stories. I run a blog. I soon will hopefully mm-hmm. uh, get my recordings of, yep. uh, of the entrepreneurs yep. that have gone before everybody. Um, so that's where mainly be sort of LinkedIn, Instagram, and of course, what website was. And then Wise Minds is the younger version. That's of right. W- Let's not be old like an owl, Stephanie. Oh, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed all of the gems that she has shared with us. And here's the takeaways. Leave room. Think about your dessert. You leave room for the whipped cream on and the cherry on top. You just got to leave room for the best part to come. So as always, website, joyfoundhere.com. Comments, comments, comments. Apple, Spotify, anywhere you hear your pods. Yes, five stars. If you think that's less, you must keep walking. Do not even touch your keyboard. No, no, five stars. Thank you. And love, love your support. Love your comments. And just the whole journey. I mean, we're into springtime here in New York. I love it's the beginning of all new growth ready to come. And we've got a great lineup for you guys, as always. Till next week, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, 
Keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.